And I'm so excited to begin this series. Maybe there's excitement too for you to be here and, and to hear how we can be brave. And the reason I'm so excited is because fear, it's a really big deal. And that's what makes that video so relatable. In fact, maybe one of those scenes you actually found yourself in. Maybe there are some who are at the hospital and wondering, what is the diagnosis going to be as you wait outside? Maybe there are some uh, who went on a date and you still remember what it was like. You're holding the roses. You're hoping the roses work because you're not sure about yourself and stepping into that relationship. Maybe that's a bride or a groom who still remembers the, the wedding day jitters or someone who approaches a new season of life, waking up that next day, wondering how's it going to be. Yeah, fear is a, is a big deal, and that's what makes that, that movie so relatable. It, it kind of reminds me, what if, what if they didn't step out? Like, what, what if the, the bride ran away? I think they made a movie about that. What, what if the kid never went to the new school and just stayed in his car seat? What, what if they never went on that date, right? What if he never gave the speech? And that's the potential that fear can do. See, See, when fear creeps in, fear can hold us back from certain things. And I guess to start this sermon today, I just wanted to ask you the question, what is fear keeping you from? And let me set it up a little bit more. Uh, This last uh, week, I I saw a new movie called Ready Player One. Has anyone ever seen Ready Player One? Uh, And and, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but but the center of it revolves around a fear overdoing something, a leap not taken. It was about the creator of this place called the Oasis, and the leap he didn't take was a dance with a girl and a kiss with a girl. And so what he didn't get was the relationship with that girl. Someone else married her, and and it was all centered around how fear held him back. And so he didn't get something. And I guess that's real for you and I. If we're not real with what fear is keeping us from, then we never step out in certain ways that maybe we should. And maybe there, there are certain scenarios this way. Maybe it's, it's a job that you know you probably should apply for, but you don't because fear is holding you back. Maybe it's a relationship that you should do differently or confront, maybe start or break off, but you're afraid of what that means. For me, I thought it had more to do with the situations I often find myself in. See, it's not necessarily any big change I need to make, but what, what fear is keeping me is from confidence. Is it keeping you from confidence? See, see the same old situations, but, but not confident when I go there in that place. Not confident when I do that thing. Not confident on the, the sports field or in choir or wherever we might find, and, and that's what fear is holding me back from, from feeling safe and secure even when I do step out. Fear is so relatable that there's this song on Christian radio called Fear is a Liar. Anyone hear this one? Fear is a Liar. I want to read you some of the lyrics from that song. It says, Fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob you of your rest and steal your happiness. Man, those things stick out to me, don't they? Fear can really steal my happiness. It can really steal my rest if, if I let all the doubts creep in. And so what are we going to do? We're going to talk about the secret to strength today. Does that work? We're not just going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about a powerful God. And, and, and it reminds me of how other people in the past had secrets to their strength. And, and I grew up with a character named Popeye. And if you grew up with Popeye, you know the secret to his strength was... Absolutely, here he is. And then I played Mario Brothers. 
I played Mario Brothers. And if, if Mario needed to be a little bit more powerful, if he ran into a mushroom, if he ran into a flower, if he had star power, oh, you don't want to see Mario on star power. Nothing get in his way. It's my goodness, right? Stars, right? That, that's what happens, right? And, and I wonder, what, what could be the secret of our strength? Is there some star I could find at, you know, Jewel Osco and, and make me glow and nothing in my way? Spinach? I don't really like spinach. I think of what society offers us as secrets to strength. If you just believe in yourself a little bit more, do you think that's going to help? Just that, that self-confidence? Is, is that working, by the way? Is, is, is that really working? Or what about this? Is experience. You just need a little bit more experience or wisdom, and then you'll never be afraid again. But I've done life a while for, for some people, and are we always works in progress? We are. We're always learning something, gaining something. So what could be the secret to our strength? Well, you know where I'm going with this. See, we're in the church of God. And there is the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, who is our help in every time of need. There is a God so powerful that death couldn't hold it down uh, because he rose on the third day. There is a God who is with us today, and that's what I want to talk about with you. All right? So I want to welcome you again if you're a guest or visitor. We really believe the power of this place is, is not in the music, it's not in the person, but it's in, it's in the power of God as he works through the word. So we're going to turn to Joshua. You can turn to your worship folders. And I consider all the things God had done with his word. Do you know, it was with a word that he called out the mountains. It was with a word that he said to a dead man, Lazarus, come out. And it is that same word that still works in our lives to bring courage, confidence, peace, and joy that we cannot give to ourselves. And today as we look at the word, um, there's a guy named Joshua who is, he's got a big job to do, a big role to fulfill. He, he's going to follow in the footsteps of Moses, and he's going to have to lead the, the Israelites onto a campaign of conquest in the, in the Holy Land. We'll talk about that. And, and it's a big deal. But here now the reasons he has to be courageous. Let's turn to the Word of God. Here it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. For as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Aren't these good words? Could you turn to the next person next to you and just tell them? Could you tell them, uh, announce the, the sermon? Be strong and courageous. Just tell them that. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Can we have some fun to get into the Word of God? You ready? Let's get going. Um, when I got here about 10 years ago, there was a brand new Chicago Bull that everyone was raving about. Um, his name was Derrick Rose. Does anyone remember Derrick Rose? 
And Derrick Rose, he started off really good. Here he is with the MVP trophy. Like, he was touted as, you know, just kind of the new face of the franchise. But I had a lot of empathy for Derrick Rose. I did. Because I knew they were looking for him to do what a certain other guy had done. And that's kind of a hard thing because Derrick Rose, he won an MVP. That's fine. But there was this guy named Jordan who kind of had some rings, right, and a few MVPs. And there's actually a phrase that we, we call this. It, it, we, we say that, that Derrick Rose had shoes that were too big to fill. The, the, the shoes that, that he had to fill. I'm not even saying that right. <laughs> How do you actually say it? Uh, uh, anyway, I can't even think of it. My mind isn't working. But you know what I'm saying. The, the shoes he had to fill were too big, right? And, and that happens in life, doesn't it? If you're a senior and you've watched the other seniors go and you're like, how am I going to replace them? They, they did a great job. These are big shoes to fill. There, I said it. Whew. Or maybe you were in a job and you replaced the guy that everyone loved, the golden boy, the golden gal, and, and now you're there and, and these, are, these are big shoes to fill. The reason I bring this up is because one of the fears that Joshua faces is that he has epically big shoes to fill. Who he is following, they, they made a movie out of him, not Charlton Heston, but, but a guy named Moses. And, and let me tell you a thing about Moses. Moses was used by God in an incredible way. He brought the children of Israel out of Egypt through ten plagues and miraculous signs. He was the one to lead them through the Red Sea on dry land, and then the Red Sea caved on Pharaoh's army. He, he did that with the Lord. He was the one who went up to Mount Sinai, spoke to God, got the Ten Commandments. He was the one, they would go to a place called the Tent of Meeting, and they would speak as we are right, right here, it, as if you were God. That'd be awesome, right? Not Moses. That, that's an interesting thing, right? That's Moses. Like, he is an epically big deal. And, and, and so Joshua, one of the fears he has is, how in the world am I going to stand into those shoes and, and possibly fill them? Oh, my goodness. But it's not just that. See, Joshua was going to be a conqueror. He was going to lead a military campaign, probably the biggest military campaign in all of Israel's history. What he had to conquer was this land, which we call Israel-Palestine mixed up today. But all the colored portions are the things that he has to now conquer and claim. The only problem is this is not Siberia, Russia, where no one lives, but like animals. There are people there. And there were big people, and there were uh, fierce people, and there were people that he would need to drive out and defeat by the Lord's will. And that's a sermon for a different day, by the way, of, of God being in charge of that. Um, but, but he had to do that, and, that, and that's a big deal. So what he kind of reminds me of is, is I remember the, the Normandy Beach scene. And, and if you've ever seen movies, they, they love to picture the Normandy Beach scene and, and the, the guys in the boat. This is Joshua. He, he knows that there's battle in front of him. He knows it's going to be rigorous. He knows um, it could cost his life. Now this we can relate to because this is what I know. We are all in a boat facing a battle, aren't we? We all have things that have the potential to wipe us out. And if I got in your boat, um, you know, you'd probably say, see, Pastor, you shouldn't be preaching about how to be brave. Rather, you should be preaching on the, the secret benefit of cowardice. That, that's what you should preach on because you, you see my boat, don't you? And then I could invite you to my boat, and then you'd look around, and you'd be like, oh, my goodness, and, and we would just commiserate together, right? We all have the boat approaching the battle, and what are we going to do in order to get brave? Well, back to the Word of God. See, 
Joshua isn't just told to be strong and courageous. He's given a reason why he can be strong and courageous. Hear these words. It says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And because of that, because God will never leave you or forsake you, because of that, you can be bold and courageous. And so the first takeaway is this, that the secret to our strength is that God, he will be with us. There is nowhere you can go that he will not go with you. There is no battle that you face where he cannot fight with you, alongside of you, empowering you. This is our confidence. In fact, it reminds me of how Jesus operated with his own disciples. So he rose from the dead as we celebrated a couple weeks ago, Easter, the highlight of the church. Uh, but he wouldn't stay with his disciples forever. He would ascend and go back. But, but as he ascended and, he, and as he went back, he, he still said these words, Surely, though, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you know, it kind of reminds me of how good it is to have people in our life that just make us feel a little bit more confident. Do you have someone in your life that as long as they're there, th- there's a peace? Uh, sometimes dads fill this role. And it was interesting, I, I did a, a Google search for protective dads, and um, it's interesting what comes up on Google. This is what protective dads, um, see I'm safe on my date because dad is protective, but I'm not sure that was really the image I was going for, so, so I found a better one. Um, how about this one? See, when dad is there, there can be rocks, and, and the rocks are jagged, and, and there can be waves, and they're real, and, and I don't know how to swim, but, but see, dad's smiling because he knows that he's got his boy. He knows he's got his gal. And as long as the father is holding you, There is nothing that you cannot face. I know about the rocks. I know about the waves. But the Father who holds us is real, and there is safety there. I love the people that God brings into our life who are like that. So I just encourage you. This is a good word. God is with you. He's not going anywhere. Whether you're staying, whether you're going, God, he is with you. But I would wager that many of you have heard this before. I would. And it's good to hear it again. Don't get me wrong. And God goes with you. That's our confidence. We'll even march out of here. God is with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I think what we don't always pause and think about, God goes with me, but am I choosing to go with him? You know what I'm saying? I think we're all about God is with me. God is with me. but, But let me put it this way. God commits to going with you, but will you commit to going with him? See, in this lesson, it wasn't just that, you know, I'm going to be with you, but there was this mutual commitment that was asked for. See, Joshua, he could be bold and courageous, but, but look at what the verses also say. It says, be careful to obey all the law my servant, the Moses, gave you, and then you will be successful. Or look at this, meditate on it day and night. We talk about that in Amazing Love. Read your Bible that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, see, there's this, this mutual commitment again going on. Yes, God is going to go with Joshua, but Joshua is also going to choose to go with God, and both are necessary. In fact, we even hear this in the New Testament. In the New Testament it says, let's keep in step with the Spirit. That's what it says. Now, let me clarify something. This is not for our salvation. 
if you're new to amazing love, salvation is all because of the work of Jesus Christ. It's all on him and none of it's on us. It's all about his walk. It's by grace you have been saved and this is a gift of God. It's not on us. And yet, what I would tell you, how we respond to that grace is still important, as we just heard. Be careful to obey. Be careful to obey. Right? It's still important in order to be successful and to to have the blessing of God in your life. Be careful to obey. And so it kind of reminds me of of walking together as a group. And it's funny, the group dynamics. Like if the whole choir is walking, not everyone can stay alongside. You're going to have people who are out in front, they're hard chargers. You're going to have the stragglers who are on their phone and running into people which I think they're making illegal soon. Is that, is that true? That'd be okay. That'd be fine with me. Anyway, get off your phones. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and that, that group dynamic is really interesting. Um, for, for me, I'm a hard charger. That's me. Uh, whenever there's a group, I'm, I got long legs and I'm, I'm ready to go. There, there I go. And then my, my family are stragglers, all of them. They, they all are stragglers. And so if we ever want to walk side by side like these penguins, isn't that cute? That's for free. You're welcome. Um, if we ever want to walk like that, that means I have to shorten my stride and they have to increase their speed. It, it only works that way. There's this, this mutual thing that if we want to walk together, we both got to be trying in this endeavor. Do you know what I'm saying? And so what I'm proposing to you is, is this is us and God. And for this to work and to get all the blessing that God has, not, not against salvation, that's all in God, but the blessing that God has and, and the no fear concept, it is then that we're going to try to keep in step with him. And at this point, you're asking, well, pastor, what are you talking about? How does this work in my life, me stepping with God? Well, I knew the choir was going to be here, so can I pick on you? How many are seniors in high school? That's quite a few. And uh, do you have college plans picked out? This is the question you hate. I know, I get it. Um, and, and you might have career plans pe- picked out, right? Um, and, and here's the confidence, guys. God is going with you. But I have a, I have a hunch that you knew that. I have a hunch that, that you probably heard that ILHS or another pastor told you that, right? But I have to ask, as your life is radically changing, how are you committing to go with God? I'm serious. How is that college going to prepare you to stay close to the only relationship that truly matters, which is with your Savior? Are you looking at the churches that are nearby that you could worship? Are you thinking about Christian friends and how important that might be when, when you're not by, by parents or other Christian influences? Are you committing to being in the Word as, as you go off on your own and you spread your wings and fly? It's important, isn't it? Okay, not, not just on paper. There's young people, aren't there? There's young people here. People looking at careers, people who are fresh in life, and, and you're thinking, okay, I want to go there, I want to do that, but let me ask you, how is that career choice going to help you stay connected to the Lord? How are you going to glorify Him in that next endeavor? Have you thought about it? Are you being cognizant over the choices right now so that you can go with Him as He goes with you? It's important, isn't it? In fact, one of the things that is hugely convicting is, is Joshua would go with the Lord and do incredible things. I mean, spoiler alert, they, they conquer Canaan, right? And, and you already knew that. But then after that, and shortly after that, it says in the book of Judges, look what happens. A whole generation had gathered to their ancestors, and another generation grew up 
who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And it wasn't because God had left them. But maybe they failed to commit to him. And so now I'm done picking on just youngsters, but th- this, this is true for empty nesters. How, how are you committing to following God in this season? This is true for parents leading your family. How are you committing to, to saying the Lord is a priority? This is important. And, and, and maybe, maybe we're real with the fact that we don't always get it right. That we need him to be faithful because sometimes we've been faithless. Or maybe it's just that word obedience. And and for a while we thought obedience was just like a meh suggestion rather than the firm will of a good father. So today's a day to repent when we use grace as a license to go wherever we wanted without committing to him as he committed to us. But it's also a day to, to dwell in his goodness. See, i got to be tough with you, but I also want to be gracious to you because there's this psalm, Psalm 23. Maybe you've heard it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, and he's going to guide and he's going to direct me. And if you know the end of this psalm, and for some of you it's your favorite, it ends this way. Surely goodness and love, it will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and love of God, it will pursue me. He will pursue and he will win me and he will hold me. This is the goodness of God. And we saw the pursuit in the life of Jesus Christ who not only came to this earth but died our death, rose again for our victory. He is with us. Hallelujah. But now, let's respond to this grace and let's recommit or commit our walk to God. Wherever you are on the spectrum, and, and, and maybe you're, you're new to amazing love or new to Christianity, and I would just tell you that God is so good, he was waiting for the day where you could know his love. He was waiting for the day where the, the cross and the resurrection meant something to you. And, and now I invite you to commit and to recommit your life to the Lord. Follow him. And you know what? It turns out well with Joshua. I, I got to preach a little bit of positivity into your life. I, I got I to bring this up a little bit because it turns out well for Joshua. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of having a Midas touch. Have you ever heard that phrase, Midas touch? Uh, Midas touch uh, goes to Greek mythology where a king could touch something and turned into gold. And, and now we use it for people who, whatever they're a part of, seems to be successful. And uh, I was thinking of uh, this guy, Steven Spielberg. He kind of has a Midas touch. Uh, For example, he's the one who made the the movie uh, Ready Player One, but let me just read for you some of the the franchises he was a part of. He was part of Jaws, Blues Brothers, Chicago people, E.T., Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, Transformers, freshen it up a little bit, Um, and it seems like whatever he's a part of, it just, there's something gold about it, It, whatever he's with, right? Reminds me of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has some good movies. You've got mail? Oh, dating myself there. This is worth a rent. Joe versus the volcano. I know you probably have never heard of it, but Joe versus the volcano, thank me later. Okay? <laughs> Captain Phillips, okay, freshen it up a little bit. Forrest Gump, right? I mean, whatever he touches. And now I've been watching American Idol. Anyone else watching American Idol right now? And I didn't know how, like, influential Lionel Richie was. Like, you know, he met with Michael Jackson, Commodores, like, like he's a big deal, 
right? He, he made this song called We Are the World in 1985 with Michael Jackson, and still is a great song. Like, certain people, they just have that touch. That they're just part of it. Well, where I'm going with this is, is so Joshua, he's going to go with the Lord, and, and, and the Lord's going to go with him, and now he's got, like, this touch about him. It's just incredible. Like, it is just, let, let me show it to you. It says, it says, wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. I wish that could happen with me in cars. You know, I just, whatever I'm in, it's mine, right? No, and uh, just, sorry. Anyway, and, and, but that's what's going to happen with Joshua. Wherever he goes, it's, it's like nothing can get in the way. It's going to be his. And no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Like, what if a, a sports team had that? No one's going to stand against you. That would be awesome. But this is Joshua working with the Lord, getting his blessing. In fact, let me tell you a little bit of history of how God accomplished that. See, Joshua, he would conquer that promised land, and it happened in miraculous ways. When they crossed the Jordan River, God made it split so they walked through on dry ground. And, and when they had their first battle, it was this, this battle of Jericho. You remember how that one ends? The walls come tumbling down. That was about the power of God. The next battle was against Ai. And God told Joshua to set an ambush. Can you imagine having God as your tactician? I would like that, right? God write my business plan? Yes. Then they, they fight this, this, this battle in Jerusalem, and five kings go against them. And five kings are not enough because Joshua has God with him. And Joshua asked, because the battle's going well, that the sun would stand still in the sky. And guess what happens? It does. And they have 12 more hours of daylight, which is scientifically, ah, how did that happen? But the thing is, the Lord was with God. The Lord was with Joshua. And so we put a capstone on it. And when we come to the end of the conquests, it says all these kings and their lands, Joshua conquered in one campaign. Because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. And some of you are saying, okay, that was Joshua. How does this apply to my life, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I got a new promise for you. And the promise comes from Proverbs. It says, if you would commit to whatever you do, your plans will succeed. When you go into a relationship and you say, God, I want you to be part of it, guess what might happen? You might succeed. When you're concerned about finances and you dedicate it to the Lord and you handle God's money God's way, do you think there could be success? When you go off into that next stage of life and say, more than anything else I do for you is what you're going to do for me and I'm going to walk with you, do you think he might bless it? I do. In fact, here's the next takeaway. Committing our way to the Lord, we find the hand of God. Whatever that is, maybe it's a subject, maybe it's a sports team, maybe it's that relationship, that next stage of life. Commit it to the Lord. Do it his way. And then see him work. Now for me, this is real because there's something I need to commit to the Lord. And that is continuing to be the pastor of amazing love. Because... It's my privilege to announce I have returned the call to South Carolina and to Juneau, and I will continue to be the pastor of Amazing Love. But if you've walked with me, you know this is real for me. 
that when we dig in again, this is not about me and it's not about you. It's about committing a church and a ministry to the Lord. Because he's good. And he's worth every effort. And he has worked so much peace and goodness before that he's going to do it again. And so I encourage you, if you would like to, to let's walk together. And sometimes that means I'll need to slow down and you might speed up or vice versa. I don't know what that is, but that analogy still works as a church, doesn't it? Let's walk together. Let's just commit this thing to the Lord. And what are the victories we might see? What are the chains we're going to be standing on? What are the walls we're going to see fall down? Maybe it's a whole family that looks different and their generations look different because it was amazing love where they recommitted to following the Lord and it meant something for years and years and years to come. Maybe it was someone living in guilt and despair, living with addiction, living with depression, and because of the power of God and the Spirit in this place, he was able to free them and break those chains. Maybe it's a whole community that just knows, once again, that the church is not something to give up on. The church is imperfect, but Jesus is there, and so we're going to be a vibrant beacon in this community, and we're going to tell people church is okay because there is love here, because there is Jesus here, because there is joy in this place. Let's see the victories that God might bring, because he's with us, and we're going to go with him following in obedience, and that gives us confidence to step out. Let me pray for us. Lord, we commit our lives and this place to you. Thank you for being with us always. Thank you for being such a good, protective father. Fight our battles and lead us to victory. Lead us to victory over the personal battles we face and to victory in this church called Amazing Love. Thank you that Jesus won for us the ultimate victory over sin, death, and the devil. And now empower us to respond and cling to you. Amen.